This is Inspiring Design, where unique innovators come together to share their knowledge, share their insight, and keep us up to date with the latest industry trends. And here's your host, Rashan Senanayak. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Design with Rashan Sen and Ayaka. This is where the best of the best brands, experts, change makers, and thought leaders come together to share their valuable insights, experience, and knowledge. Our goal here is to be the missing link between education, design, and the industry. So today's topic is a bit of a personal favorite of mine, SketchUp. So to deep dive into this topic, or should I say a design tool, I have here with me James Charnley from Building Point Australia. Building Point Australia is the Australian Trimble SketchUp distributor and represents SketchUp within Australia. James has a background in aerospace engineering with seven plus years of experience as a project and design engineer in manufacturing, automation, robotics, and sustainable building performance fields. James has been with SketchUp Australia for three years as a technical consultant, supporting Australian SketchUp users in an ever-expanding range of industries, sectors, capabilities, and the applications. So he is the man for the job. So let's get straight into it. James, welcome to Inspiring Design. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Can you start off with a little bit of background on yourself? What's your story? Uh, yeah, so uh, a bit all over the place. Um, actually, uh, straight out of school, went into defense and did that for a few years, but um, eventually moved into uh, engineering, uh, focusing on aerospace. Uh, but towards the end of my degree, I kind of realized I didn't really want to work in the aerospace industry. So focused, like redirected more towards low energy building design because a lot of the stuff you learn in aerospace, computational flow dynamics, that sort of stuff is used quite heavily at the higher end of uh, low energy building design because you want to understand airflow, uh, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, focused on that for my last year, which I really enjoyed. Uh, but when I finished uni, um, did a bit of uh, work in, I guess, construction, uh, sort of when you finish uni as an engineer, you have to do six months of uh, on-site training. So that's kind of where I started out. And then for a while um, after that, I actually went into something completely different. Went into robotics automation uh, in uh, factories. It's cool. So I worked a lot in um, uh, abattoirs actually. So meat production, which was completely, did not expect to go into that world at all. But um, it was pretty cool just seeing what is currently being done in that space and how quickly it's evolving. Um, there's a, you wouldn't believe the technology that goes into uh, scanning animals, scanning all the food and stuff, and then processing it with a lot of robots these days. Wow. Uh, and then eventually I was kind of ready to move on from there. I found this... Uh, this gig with Building Point Australia, which is the, the local sort of uh, division for Trimble products yep. in Australia. 
Uh, it's actually a completely separate company, but uh, they work very closely together. Uh, and I was actually brought on board to work on something called Safira, which um, is an extension for SketchUp. And uh, what it focuses on is uh, low energy building design. So that's connecting back to what I did uh, back at uni. So I did this whole massive loop and ended up back to kind of where I wanted to be. Yeah. So that was a really cool uh, first probably year or something um, with Building Point Australia focusing on Safira. Uh, but then my role kind of diversified into, you know, just learn everything SketchUp and become the, you know, the uh, SME for that. So uh, that's, yeah, where I've ended up now. And uh, at the moment, obviously, things are a bit diff different because I'm not going out to customers. I'm not meeting anyone. I'm not going to, you know, uh, sort out people's problems or whatever or help them learn new things about SketchUp on site with them. It's kind of all from home, uh, which is, you know, it's not quite the same, but we can still get a lot done at the moment. So yep. it's good. Absolutely. And I love that background. It's, it's so diverse and, and, you know, originally studying aerospace then going into defense and then you know, in working in abattoirs and then full circle back to building design. So that's pretty cool. How do you, mm. you mentioned building point. Now, this was something that I was a little bit confused about as well at the start. Um, for the listeners purpose, can you explain exactly how Trimble and building point all those elements come together? Yeah, and to be fair, it's actually something that I was, I, I was so confused about the whole thing at the start, I just chose to ignore it and be like, okay, this is just my little world and I'll just focus on this. But what, what it actually is, so in Australia, me directly, I work for SketchUp Australia, uh, that's part of Building Point Australia, that's part of Herger Group. And now Herger Group is like this 110-year-old company that's... Uh, always like it's Australian family owned company. Uh, and I think they started out 110 years ago making clocks. Wow. Like handmade clocks and stuff like that. And then eventually as technology improved, they worked on like those manual surveying technologies, like the little sextons or whatever. I don't even really know. I'll probably get in trouble for not knowing what it is. Cause that's what like the parent company does. And that's as far as the Herger group is concerned, SketchUp, and even building point is only a really, really small part of what they do. Most of it is construction technology stuff, survey stuff, GPS stuff. Uh, so yeah, the software side and even SketchUp is only a very small thing of what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, but Herger Group is the major partner, I think the only partner actually, for this even bigger company called Trimble, um, in Australia anyway. Um, and so Trimble are the ones who they own a lot of, the, or they develop a lot of this stuff. So they develop, or they develop currently SketchUp, but um, other construction technology uh, software like Tecla, which is more for civil engineers. They also do uh, a lot of the GPS systems. So they do crazy stuff like the, the software and equipment that, get, that allows um, trucks to self-drive and do agriculture and all the land clearing and all that sort of thing, all by satellites and all automated. So it blows me away actually how big the company is and how small the little thing that I work on. But yeah. it's, it's nice to know that there's a huge kind of um, system behind what you're doing. And it's becoming more and more connected actually, which is really quite 
it's going to be quite a powerful thing because SketchUp is kind of a very small part of this whole ecosystem. But I think what people are, are, are thinking, and um, I, this is like way, way, way beyond my pay grade, but I think what people are thinking is that SketchUp's going to be like the center of truth for a lot of this, uh, for a lot of the software that Trimble has. That or something like Trimble Connect. Mm -hmm. um, but they're very similar in some ways. So Trimble Connect is another thing that uh, a lot of all the softwares, all the various softwares that Trimble has, they all obviously connect there. Um, and so SketchUp's going to play a big part in that. And basically it just, it, it's kind of a space where no matter what software you're using, even if it's not Trimble, so it could be from um, AutoCAD or Revit or any number of things, I think they're trying their best to make sure that it can integrate with everyone. Uh, so that no matter which company you're working with or what their preferences are, you can always bring it in and uh, work, work together. Yeah, and that's I think very important because um, everyone has their different preferences in different tools and technology mm -hmm. that they want to use. So being connected, and that's very, very smart. And I believe Trimble acquired SketchUp from originally Google. Yeah, yeah. In fact, people still call SketchUp Google SketchUp. Like you yeah. can't. I think it's because we were like, at least me, I was that age where when I was introduced to SketchUp, it was a Google SketchUp. Yeah. And in my mind, it's always going to be Google SketchUp. I even still say it. I should probably stop, stop saying it now because <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably get in trouble. But um, yeah, I think they bought it from a company. Ooh, can't even remember the name. I know it started in the year 2000. That's when they did their first release. And then Google bought it in 2006 or something, six years later. And then... Trimble bought it six years after that because I remember it's six and then six. Yeah. And Google bought it because they basically wanted to use it to make Google Earth or Google Maps or something. Because it was a very easy way for people to just model their house and upload it so the whole world theoretically becomes yeah. 3D. Yeah, I think that was, um, I remember the, the, the buzzword back then was crowdsource. Yeah. Source everything. And that was the big plan. But then I think technology kind of, uh, moved on and then you could get mass scanning of entire cities within you know a few days just with yep. the right planes and drones and sensors and so that kind of fell by the wayside the crowdsourcing of stuff because yep. it become automated yep. uh, and uh, I think it's at that point that Trimble basically acquired SketchUp. That's pretty cool so let's get straight into the main topic which is SketchUp and in your words what is SketchUp? Okay, I guess, so SketchUp, obviously, we know it's heritage now. We know that it kind of grew and evolved to support Google Earth. Um, but it also, when it first became part of uh, Google and then uh, Trimble, the focus pretty much was as a conceptualizing tool, mostly for architects. And that's where a lot of the focus was for a very, very long time. Um, I don't remember exactly when it happened, but um, there was a point at which, uh, I think it was very soon after Trimble acquired it, that extensions, the ability to build extensions for SketchUp was opened up to everyone. So as long as you can learn and use Ruby, which is like a, a language, um, you can make an extension for SketchUp. And so that's when the use or the applications of SketchUp just exploded. Because now not only is it, you don't just have SketchUp developing SketchUp. You have literally hundreds or probably even thousands of people around the world who just make, you know, anything from a tiny widget that just allows you to connect up different lines to make uh, a polyline to something that does 
a full virtual construction um, all within SketchUp. So, and then also allowing it to combine with other programs. So V-Ray, for example, if you're doing your photorealistic rendering, Sapphira, the thing that I was talking about before, that whole thing started as some other company making an extension because they wanted to help people make more efficient buildings or yep. more energy efficient, more comfortable buildings. And so all of these things kind of sprouted out from what was originally, you know, Google Earth and then conceptual architecture. And now it's pretty much, you can't even choose a direction. It's just doing whatever people want it to do. Like Trimble doesn't have control over what SketchUp becomes. It basically belongs to everyone. Yeah. And I love that because my first introduction of SketchUp was in first year Archi. And mm -hmm. um, I still remember sitting in that studio where I was, I was taught to draw things and shade things, which will take me hours just to communicate a very simple idea. And this fourth year industrial student, and he was a bit of a prodigy. And um, he came about this, I, I still remember it was in week three. So this was my introduction to tools in architecture. And um, he just pulled out his laptop and already had an animation and all these mass models of the entire site done with an X-ray model. And he was just walking through the tutor through the design. And yeah. I was sitting there going, I'm going to have these really, really crude sketches, which now I don't want to show. Because yeah. uh, this, is, this has just gone way too far from, from that point of view. But it made me go and approach that gentleman. And I still, I still love him for it because he said, you know what, mate, this is, it's called SketchUp. Honestly, you could learn it in a weekend. And you know yeah. what? That same weekend, all I did was spend maybe a couple of hours watching YouTube videos. And this was back in yeah. 2008. There was like four videos on YouTube back then. And one exactly. of them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was actually enough. All you need to know is yeah. the basic push pull tools. And I was starting to model my buildings from first year. And from then onwards, it just, it just grows because the things, like you say, it, it does belong to the people. And, um, I remember exploring this rendering software back in, I think, 2009 called Podium. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if Podium's still around. It's still but around, yeah, yeah. It's still around, there you go. So Podium, Kirk Thier, um, yeah. V-Ray, and um, Lumion. So they, they all, yeah. those are the four rendering ones that I've been exposed to. Do you have any others that you can recommend? Oof. Um, so in Australia, well, at least for Building Point Australia, we only support um and distribute v-ray yeah and so, uh, but the three main ones and so that's the only one i've really ever used um other people have used other ones like uh you, you know drew he, he uses other ones as well but uh from my perspective it's kind of like a little bit of a uh, a pyramid or a triangle because a pyramid sort of uh makes you think of some something being higher than the rest but it's a triangle in my perspective right now v-ray kind of sits in the space where it's focusing on super, super ultra-realistic uh, still images. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that you can spend, you know, a little bit of time and get 60% of the way there, or you can spend hours and hours and get it so, so good that you don't even know it's, it's not real. Yeah. Um, so that's one corner of the triangle. The other corner I would say uh, would be Lumion. And Lumion sort of focuses on... Um, really great, really great movies, like great animations. I've not used it myself, but Drew certainly raves about it. Um, he says it's great for those 
animations that aren't too hard to make because sometimes animations in rendering can be very difficult to make. Um, and then the final one um, would be something like Enscape. And Enscape is more uh, virtual reality uh, or live rendering. Yeah. Um, and so they, they seem to be pretty good at that. I have a lot of people uh, telling me that, that, that they use that for their, their you know, whole, not HoloLens, but certainly their uh, enclosed virtual reality stuff and their, you know, on PC walkthroughs or Mac walkthroughs. So yeah, yeah. and that's actually Enscape. I forgot about that, but that's actually one of the software applications we use to bridge that gap in schools between modeling on the screen and then being able to visualize that with your students in, in, VR, in virtual reality. So that's, that's yeah. awesome. Well, I guess I've mentioned those three, but one of the important things I try and do, because a lot of my role is uh, going to existing customers or even you know potential customers and just giving them options and showing them, oh, this is what you could do or you could do it in a slightly different way. I really try and not to play favorites too much because those three options are just three of probably dozens. And they're probably the more like higher end options, but there are renderers. So we're talking what, maybe a K per annum or something yep. for some of those applications. Um, but then you have other ones that are almost free. Like I'm sure there must be a free one out there. Um, but yeah, it's really, as I said, there's just so many different extensions and plugins out there that you can find your little niche for yeah. what you need out of it. So yeah, I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm not playing favorites when I, when I mention those three. No, and, and look, this is actually the same approach whenever we, we train teachers in, in schools is actually making sure we show the array of products and capabilities available. And then we may use the one that's actually um, most available for that particular school. So use mm -hmm. Enscape for virtual reality because the kids are then able to model, you know, a very simple space and then work with their team members to bring on an Oculus headset and then test it out, walk around, visualize mm -hmm. it at a one-to-one -one scale. So yep. that's, I think, the power of it. And, and that technology is available very cheap, cheaply. And um, so that's the beauty of it. So it's opening up a whole lot of capabilities. And so I wanted to ask you a question. There's always this debate and coming from my architectural background, people always, if you're, if you're a Revit user, you know, you're not a fan of Archicad, or if you're Archicad, you're not a fan of Revit, and then if you're a fan of both of those, you're not a fan of SketchUp, um, and it's, it's kind of this tug of war, but I wanted to ask you, how does, how SketchUp helps design within the Australian engineering and construction industry? So, I personally have experienced it, but, from your point of view, how does SketchUp enable that? Mm. Um, so I guess it depends on the scale you're talking about. So when we're talking, you know, single operators, someone designing, uh, you know, one man, one person band operators designing uh, single dwelling standalone residential projects, then I feel as though more and more, especially if you start leveraging extensions like uh, PlusSpec, for example, uh, which is an Australian developed extension. Uh, by the way, have you ever used PlusSpec? Not personally, no. That's all right, yeah. Um, it's, um, I think you probably have everything you need, especially now that there's a huge focus on layout, improving layout, which to be honest has been a real weak point of SketchUp for a very long time. So layout is the 2D documentation stage. Yep. They're kind of kept separately so you can run 3D and 2D kind of 
on two different screens if you want to, but they're still connected. Um, for that sort of scale and, you know, even going up a few, I reckon most people can get away with just using SketchUp, but there is a point that you get to where you go to a large architecture firm and we're focusing, I think, on sort of the architecture area right now where a company um, will have invested, you know, tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in software and, and sometimes training for that software or, uh, you know, other types of software. And it doesn't matter if you're the best SketchUp user in the world or the best ARCHICAD user in the world. If you go to a, uh, a firm that uses uh, Revit or something, they're not going to let you use what you're good at. You're going to have to change yourself. You're going to have to learn to fit their mold. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the reality of things. I, I think if you can get a diverse um, portfolio, uh, then it, you, it makes your life easier and probably makes it easier for you to be employable as well, rather than becoming, you know, the gun at one particular thing. Um, at least if you want flexibility or the ability to move around. And so I think that plays back into your question because in, in the larger end of the industry, so your larger architecture firms probably, um, SketchUp is not something you would probably use alone. So SketchUp would be something when you start a project and you want to communicate with as many stakeholders as possible, as quickly as possible in a very interactive way then that's probably where even these large architecture firms continue to use SketchUp, no matter whether they're using something else afterwards. Um, so yeah, I would probably say be as diverse as possible in your skill set, uh, because uh, what you're good at probably uh, doesn't really drive what the company that you're going to work for will end up doing. Yeah. Yeah. And look, and I think that's a very important thing. I've personally always seen SketchUp as a tool for, the start of the project phases, you know, concept design, design development, because you can very easily test the site, analyze different things, analyze shade, analyze um, how it's relationships with connections, especially at an early point, because I personally struggled with designing in Revit, and I don't think those tools are designed for, um, for that purpose. They're actually more, I look at it as a transition from one tool to the other tool when the right time comes about. So SketchUp has always been very easy to design within and quickly illustrate, like you said, to communicate. So um, having worked in larger firms and smaller firms, I've seen this used in different ways, like you've just told us. And you're right, like it's, it's, it's amazing and powerful for the smaller tool, or smaller projects. But when you start to get it to the bigger ones, I have personally still used them in the early project stages, especially with site analysis and gathering data mm -hmm. and information. And then sometimes even translating complex organic um, shapes into the BIM models or, or the CAD models, because it's, you need to be, like you said, a gun to be able to manufacture those and my yeah. skill sets are never up there with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. And um, no, sorry, I forgot what my train of thought because uh, I was listening to you. That's good. <laughs> oh, that's okay. And uh, so I wanted to ask you, this is something that I guess asked quite a bit from um, teachers is how do you get the most out of SketchUp? Now, it's easy. 
So it's mm -hmm. students pick up on it very quickly, but um, yeah. do you have any tips or tricks on how you can literally get the most out of it so that you can excel your skills quickly? Hmm. It's, it is a bit tough because being like the main trainer in Australia, uh, I do obviously have a little bit of a bias towards uh, re not regulated, but at least structured training. And I know that SketchUp is one of those few, I guess, uh, modeling programs that you can very easily teach yourself and also just to learn through YouTube. Um, but there's always going to be a few things that you just don't quite, that you miss out on. And I think that's probably SketchUp's fault. We need to put a little bit more effort in putting out uh, content for people that is a little bit more structured because there's a lot out there. Like you can do a search and there's going to be thousands of videos, but there's, it's very, there's, there's no like, you know, start here, go through to there. And I think kind of the problem for that, that problem stems from one of SketchUp's great strengths. It's that SketchUp is so diverse that it's really difficult to make one like training regime for everyone. Cause mm -hmm. within a few hours, people are going to start using different tools because within a few hours, you're like, Oh, I've got SketchUp. I've got it covered. Right. Yeah. But then you're like, Oh, but I want to do furniture design. So I'm going to download tools like Artesian that allow me to make, um, quad face, uh, models, um, uh, or something like that, or you're going to need architectural tools. And that's when you start bringing in all of the extensions. Yes. But to be fair, I'd say, yeah, it, the, the training side of SketchUp, you can definitely learn a lot of it yourself. But if you do have someone who you can uh, ask for help, uh, just to sort of, because sometimes it's really funny, actually, we, we have, uh, this beginner's course that we've been running uh, across the country. Like every week we're in a different city, well, we used to be, in a different city, training a room full of people. Um, and most of the people there would be brand new to SketchUp, which is what the course is for. But then we'd have a few people who would um, come to the course and they've been using SketchUp for years and years. And they just came along because they're like, oh, maybe I'll learn a few new things or I'll get a refresher. They were actually the people I loved having in the course because they, we would do something and their minds would be blown because these are the people who had tried to learn SketchUp themselves, got, you know, 95% of the way there, but then they do the basics course and they realize they've been doing something the hard way for like five years. Um, so yeah, SketchUp, you can definitely learn it yourself, but there will almost always be little things that um, you just, probably doing it in a little bit more of a difficult way than you have to. Um, I think the, the simplest thing that you can do for yourself to make your life easier uh, would just be to use shortcuts. And I know it sounds really simple, but a lot of people are afraid to start using shortcuts and don't realize that you can customize them to be whatever you want. And that's really important as well because SketchUp, as we've kind of already explored, isn't isn't just one tool, it's a lot of different tools. It's, it's like a playground for different types of tools. And so as your tool set changes and evolves, you'll have to change and evolve your shortcuts as well. So your shortcuts are never gonna be the same as someone else's. Yeah. So, yeah, long answer to your question, sorry man. No, I think that's spot on because this is, this is the kind of things that you, I self-taught it myself. So some of these things, these easy tricks and tips, I found out by three, four years of actually doing it, accidentally yeah. like yeah. i have literally rubbed out an entire five-story building's back facade 
without knowing because I didn't use groups and components properly. Yep. And yep. No, one had, no one was there to teach it. And um, I, it's funny because I always, I always make um, a joke at our trainer, Dan Zullo. So he's, he's one of the architects from, uh, from PDT Architects. He's, he's our SketchUp expert. He's been yep. using it for about, uh, I think maybe about 15 years from memory. And um, he's an absolute gun at it. And yep. on top of that, he's a very personable character. So he always gets perfect rating from every single one of our trainers, uh, sorry, from, from the teachers attending because they love the software. And at the yep. same time, he's a, he's a fun guy. And yep. um, so I, I always say it's a bit unfair, you know, because we're teaching the more complicated applications and you got, you got the best one out of the lot. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's something that he stresses on as well because all these little tips, that's what fast forwards your yep. learning and, um, and you actually use best practice. So that's awesome, guys. So And one of the things I've been wanting to ask you again is the difference between the normal free SketchUp version, and I believe now it's in a browser. Um, what's the difference between the normal SketchUp and SketchUp Pro? Yeah. So on a sort of uh, like commercial, like legal footing, um, Pro would have to be used by anyone who is looking to make profit from SketchUp. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about what the features are later. Whereas the free slash web version is open to everyone. So it doesn't matter what you want to, as long as it's not part of a business or making a profit, then uh, it's just to have fun with basically. Yeah. The, the kind of separation or the limitations, uh, they are kind of quite serious. They're, they're basically, the web version can't use extensions. And so as we've kind of already explored, that's where you really start to get a lot of the power out of SketchUp, the automations, the, uh, uh, the stuff that really is going to just make you more productive out of SketchUp rather than having to do every little thing. And start, kind of think of it as the free version is where you can just sculpt things by hand, but the pro version is where you want to start, you know, mass producing or... Uh, having a lot more control over things. So that's kind of the difference in a non-technical sense, I'd say. Yeah, no, that make, makes perfect sense. And if you are using a commercial purpose, then SketchUp Pro is required. So that's pretty cool. Now, um, I'm mindful of time, so I wanted to ask you and give your advice on the listeners. We have different types of listeners tuning in. So mm -hmm. one of the ones is educators, so teachers in schools. Um, what's your advice for them on uh, what they can do, how they can, where they can find information? Uh, what, what tips and tricks do you have for them? Yeah, okay. Well, I think probably one of the, I think with SketchUp, it's something that's really easy to teach because people, especially if you're just learning, it can be really fun. So I guess maybe don't try and control everything too much. Kind of just let people do something for fun. Yep. Whatever they want to do, just let them do it because everyone is different, is interested in different things. Like <clears throat> if I was using SketchUp when I was a kid at school, I would love to have modeled some spaceships, right? But I'm sure someone else would have been like, nah, I'd, I'd rather model, you know, like a stadium or something like that or whatever. So uh, yeah, maybe leave it open to whatever people actually want to experiment with um, because the skills are all the same, even if the output is completely different. Yeah. Um, also, if you're looking for ideas, there's quite a lot of blogs out there 
Uh, even Instagram, I guess, you can just search through thousands and thousands of different people's projects. People put videos, animations of what they've made. Uh, so sketchupaustralia.com.au, they, there's a blog there that has some interesting stuff. And that at least, at the very least, keeps you up to date with what's being released with SketchUp. Because since they've gone to subscription, it's not like one major release every year. Now they do releases every few months and they add uh, a little bit of functionality here or a tweak there. So it is kind of important to be aware of things as they're evolving as well, because you can very quickly kind of fall behind with, with things that are changing so quickly. Yeah, like I think that's a very good tip. So make sure you guys jump onto the show notes and check out the blog then SketchUp Australia. And um, so another segment that we always have tuning in are students. So mm -hmm. architectural students, design students from mainly in the tertiary sector. So what do you, what's your advice for them? Do you have any tips for them? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of already touched on it, but it really, if I was thinking back, it would be uh, just try and realize that you probably, like it's, you're not always gonna end up in exactly the place you thought you would. Like for me, I was all over the place for the first few years, right? Um, out, of, out of uni, uh, doing things I had no expectation of ever even uh, going into at all. Uh, and so when you're using something like SketchUp, I suppose, but this is true of anything, just um, be as diverse in what you're trying to use SketchUp for as possible. So if, if you're only ever, you know, using SketchUp to, to model, I don't know, furniture or something, just try your hand at something completely different. Go on to um, the add location feature, find a plot of land on an island that you like, and then import that and then build your dream house, dream house on that piece of land and see how that turns out. And yeah. then just random stuff like that. Just try whatever you want, whatever uh, you think will interest you really, because it's just as much practice as you can fit do, you'll probably find as well. Actually, one thing that I would probably recommend is if you've never done it before, just go to uh, the extension warehouse and SketchUp has tried to tidy that up. It used to just be a massive, you know, thousands of extensions, but they've tried to tidy it up and put it into categories. And so even if you just spend a few minutes going through the different categories of extensions, you might be like, oh yeah, I could use that and just give it a go. Because most of these extensions and you really have to like take your hat off, like tip your hat to the, the developers. A lot of these developers are making these extensions and they're offering them to the world for free. And the only thing they ask is that if you do like it and you do make money out of it, maybe send me a donation. That's yeah. all they ask. It's really incredible what's available out there. And so you can try it for free, um, skill up in it. And, you know, when you become a successful insert name of industry here, then, you know, send them enough for, you know, a cookie or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and look, and I think that's the beauty of it. It's, it is a, it is a sharing economy and, um, and I love that. And one of the things that I always use with, this, with teachers and students is, um, is 3D Warehouse. And um, I, I always download this uh, particular guy's uh, Optimus Prime model. Yeah. It's so detailed. It is incredible mm. how detailed that model is. And it just blew my mind. I, it, it looks like it's coming straight from a movie, from the yep. movie. So um, don't forget. And it could have been. You don't know. That's the thing. That's exactly It could have been from the movie, yeah. That's exactly right. So um, shout out to, I think, two, three episodes ago, we spoke with Chris Nicholas from V-Ray. He 
he spoke about exactly how these applications are then used in the movie industry directly from a design background. So make sure you guys check that out as well. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure and I have personally learned a lot uh, from this episode as well. So thank you so much. Thanks very much for having me, yeah? That's it for today, folks. Now it's time to jump on to rashansenanayaka.com forward slash podcast and check out the show notes from today's episode. Make sure to click on the direct links to SketchUp Australia's blog, the extension warehouse, and check out the offerings that they have on board. So much more amazing work and deep dive into what James and the team at Building Point is doing. Last but not least, make sure to click subscribe and share your love with a review. I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback on today's topic as well. So till next time.